Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Have you ever met someone and felt like you could just talk and talk and talk for hours? Danielle Schaefer is that person. Her energy, charisma, and sense of fun make for all the right reasons to want to be near her. Today, she shares insight into her life as a mom of four and creator at City Girl Gone Mom, which is a blog for the modern day parent, which has grown into an incredibly popular TikTok and Instagram. Her children range in age from 5 to 15 and keep her busy 24-7, as most parents will tell you. (laughs) Now, you might even know her son Brody from his incredibly popular Instagram reels and TikToks, which showcase his love of dance and his vivacious personality just jumps through the screen. As a mom of four, Danny shares her life with her audience, all while bridging the gap between kids and gender norms. Now, we address this and more in our conversation today. However, I do need to let you know that today's episode comes with a trigger warning for drug use and accidental overdose. The opioid crisis is very real and is a growing problem within both Canada and the U.S., My guest, Danielle, shares her personal tragedy of loss in hopes of raising awareness. A little later in the episode, our friendo recommends covers a trend sweeping the internet. You need to hear about this. And then I also share three things that you just have to know about, along with a bucket list item that I didn't even know that I had on my bucket list. It was epic. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Friendo. Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Thanks for having me, Amanda. (laughs) I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. I was already getting into it, guys. And she was like, hold on, hit record. Don't like, don't miss this stuff. We just jive. It doesn't matter that I haven't seen her in, is it two years? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's two years. (laughs) I'm so confused. I don't even know what year it is. It's really two years since I've seen you and it doesn't feel like that. So... We were just chatting and I'm like, you know what? You got to just pit record. I think the last time I saw you, we were sitting in Palm Springs. Yes. A nice restaurant. Oh, yes. it was so good. It was warm. It's so cold here right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's jump into this. Yeah. You have a blog and many other things and yes. started in this space. At least I knew you as City Girl Gone Mom. So yeah. how did that start and where are you today? Because I feel like things have shifted. Okay, so I'll give you my backstory. Um, so I'm Danielle Schaefer, and I am a born bred feisty New Yorker. And I went to school for broadcast journalism. I used to teach broadcast journalism in high schools. I used to teach uh, video production and all that fun stuff. And then I met the love of my life, Bobby, in uh, New York City, and he was in the military. So we lived around the country, and I ended up teaching in, in, three states. And when I got pregnant with my first child, I realized that I wanted to stay home. Like most moms try to stay home and find some sort of mom hustle from home to make money because Lord knows my husband can't afford me. 
So I needed to figure out, yeah, I needed to figure out what I was going to do. And, um, and over a bottle of wine, I guess, you know, I'm fast forwarding many years. He's, I said, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start documenting my life. And believe it or not, that was like, it was, I think it's 10, it's 10 years ago, 10 years ago that we had that conversation. And I wanted to be city girl. You know, I, I think we came up with some really random names like West Coast, New Yorker, city girl, New York. I don't know what they were terrible. And then he came up with city girl gone mom. And we just like grabbed the domain and started from there. And my first article was, I, I don't even remember being old or having kids kind of thing. And it just went crazy. Like the first article I wrote, I will never forget it because I was like a thousand people just read this blog. I was like, that is a lot of human beings, you know, for my first article. And I was like, Oh crap, I got to keep writing. So I was like, what did I do to myself? Now I'm screwed. I, I, you know, I got to write every, a couple of times a week. So I ended up writing like three times a week, consistently making no money and putting my heart and soul into telling my story and, and staying authentic, you know, talking about some real kick-ass topics. And then that's how it started, Amanda. And I just kept going. And, the, and then like after a couple of years, I got a free vacuum and I was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm on to something, Bobby. I got a free vacuum. He's like, Danielle, I've been supporting this blog for years. When do you make money? And when is it going to happen? And I'm like, I agree with you. This is nuts. I got to do. Uh-huh. And then I started, you know, I started to realize that like other people in my space were doing things that were called sponsored. Mm-hmm. And then I started digging in and I'm like, what the hell is the sponsored? Do we curse on this show? You can. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a potty mouth sometimes. Um, so I, I started to figure out what is sponsored and I found a couple girls. I was like, when you write in your blog that this was sponsored, what does this mean? Will you actually pay the fee? And then I started noting, and then the people started teaching me and I went to blog conferences and there's fees associated. And I was like, well, how much am I worth? How do you figure out what that monetary dollar is? And it was like a guessing game. And I just befriended a couple of girls and we kind of grew together and learned as we were going. And, you know, I feel like there's a bunch of us that are like the OG girl because 10 years is a long time. So that's before Mm -hmm. uh, what it is today. So like we're the original gangsters of this space, really. And, um, you know, it started from there. And I mean, Amanda, over the 10 years now, I've got like, I have a full staff. I have seven girls on payroll. Yeah. Wow. I do. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm supporting people that I, I'm giving them, you know, 401ks this year. It's wild, you know, this and I, I just I built it from scratch. And, and there's there's enough room for anyone to do this kind of work. It's just hard. You just got to be authentic. You got to be you just got to really hone in on your audience and what you want to talk about and find your people, you know, and I grow faster on some platforms and other platforms. I'm kind of staying stagnant and it is what it is. It's, but I like it at the end of the day. I, I like sharing our story and helping. I think I, I love helping people. That's the one thing that resonates with me the most is 
I feel good if I could change someone's life or if I could relate to someone. I think there, I think you, you are the same way mm-hmm. where if you can just, you know, Hey girl, you're not in this boat alone. We're all together, you know, that's the truth. And, and I love that about my job, but yeah, it's wild. Four kids, three dogs, you know, oh my God. And, all, and, and let me tell you, when you follow Danielle, like your smile. And now that I know you like in real life, that effervescent personality, like uh, it's the same, you know, when you meet someone in real life and it vibes, and you're like, oh, same uh, things. It matches what you put out there. It's amazing. And I don't want to be like this whole episode. Oh my God, me too. Because I also started 10 years ago. And all yes. of the things you just mentioned was like, when you're coming up with your name and you're like, I don't know. Like it was such a different world. We didn't think that this was going to be this money making career move. It was like, I got some kids. I wouldn't mind talking about it. And, uh, and then, wow, how things have changed. And listen, I think one of the things that you do so well, there are many, um, but you're willing to like try new things, you know, because yeah. you said you started out as a blogger. And I feel like a lot of people, whether it's like I started on YouTube, you started blogging, right. you get comfortable in your spot. And then it's yeah. hard to figure out how am I going to like convey this same message on Instagram or how am I going to reach people on TikTok? But somehow you found a way. And like um, your TikTok is how, how many on TikTok now? Did you over a million? With 3.7 million. 3.7 million. Oh 3. my God. TikTok. Excuse me, Kim Kardashian. A lot of people too. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. Okay, now fast forward ten years. You now have four children. Yeah, and their ages are. So I have fifteen. He's in high school. Then I have my thirteen-year-old. She's in middle school. Then I have a ten-year-old. He's in elementary school. And then I have Brody, who's in his own special program. So Amanda, I'm in four different schools. Dang. No, yeah. No, and I, that's not by choice. I don't, I don't have a choice. No, of course not. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm like, how did this happen? I never thought about when the moment that they're going to be in four different schools, four different drop-offs. And it's a freaking nightmare. It's a nightmare. I mean, and running this whole business. And I think and running the business. Yeah. Okay. And, and something that is so obvious and refreshing is the parenting element. Like it's city girl gone mom. Like you're not afraid to show your love of being a mom and like all of the joy that comes from that. And you really found a way to celebrate your children and their unique. Like, I feel like I've never met your kids, but I'm like, I know that each one has their own little thing going on. And and, and you're, you, you show them, but in a way that's very respectful, like it's when they want to show up online, which is something I think as a parent who's been in the space for a long time, you really give that a lot of thought because you're like, hey, they're not little babies anymore. Like, how are they going to show up in my content if they even want to, right? Right, um, right. And one of the things that's even in your bio is that you celebrate your children by bridging the gap between kids and gender norms. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so as you're, I mean, as our lives evolve, right? And new things happen. I mean, I never stood for that before until I experienced it. So it was like, you know, I feel like we evolve as people and I have these kids who are all unique. I have, you know, Jackson who's into lacrosse and that, and football and he was doing acting and now he's like slowing down on the acting space. He doesn't want to act anymore. I can't force that even though I think he's excellent. He can memorize a 20 page script. He doesn't want to hear it. He's in high school. He's got his thing going on. Then there is, you know, my daughter who's into dance 
And then my Roman who's into football. And then we have Brody who just showed this musical. He was musically inclined. I noticed it very early at one years old. And then he started wearing his sister's costumes. And, you know, at first we were like, Oh, take that off, take that off. You know, don't, you know, put this on. And he, he just gravitates towards those costumes. So it didn't matter. And he's a kid who cares. And then he wouldn't take the costume off for like a year. He wore like the honor dress over his clothes for one year. I have a year of photographs when he was two and he's in a purple dress for one full year. There's, you know, and so what let kids be kids. And then, you know, a lot of people are like, well, he's a boy. He should be in boy clothes. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's a kid. And and why do clothes have to have a, a this is a boy clothes. This is girl clothes. I'm like over it. So because it's like he he's so special. He knows he's a boy, but he likes sparkle and glitter. And who cares? What if it's not affecting you? You know, what why do you care so much? It's it's really interesting because we have a lot of support, but then there's like a lot of uncertain applications. I'm not gonna say which one. I have um a lot of haters, you know, on certain apps that, that are like, oh, you're forcing him. And in that just really upsets me because I couldn't force my oldest son Jackson to wear a dress. You know what I mean? It's not something a parent could ever force. If I wanted to, you know, put my other boys in dresses, it ain't ever happening. You know what I mean? And if I want to put, if I want to chop Brody's hair like a boy and, and put him in boy clothes, that ain't ever happening. Like they have their own individuality and a, and a mom knows that you can't for I you can never force Brody to be the way he is. He's so he's like Jack Black and Barishnikov in one person. He's hilarious, you know, and he dances yes. and and he and he he's so expressive. He's an artist. So bridging the gap between kids and gender norms that I'm of course I it, I that has to be part of who I am now because that's who my son is. My son wants to wear dresses and I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's not every day. It's, it's, you know, some days he wears pants, but there's always a a part of pink. He has to have a, a flare of pink in his clothes and that's okay. And boys Mm -hmm. can like pink. It's really, it doesn't, Uh and these people make it so complicated, you know, and, and, like I'm making him, they even, they even write, they say that I'm making him a homosexual. I'm like, you guys are putting, are you kidding me? Like you're, you're talking about sexuality with a kindergartner. Like it's insane. The stuff we deal with. It's insane. You bring up something, you bring up something really important about the forcing because I have a little story and I, what's that saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's all sorts of perfect parents until they have children. You're like, call me when you have a five-year-old or whatever. But I remember, so Esme was little, that's my firstborn. And we were living in Malaysia at the time. And so my friend group was kind of small, but people from all over the world, right? And yeah. so I go to this little play date and there's Esme, who's like one, and uh, and then a little five-year-old. And the five-year-old comes downstairs and she is tiara, princess dress, right? the little clicky clacky shoes. And I'm looking at this little girl like, I can't even get a bow to sit in my daughter's hair for longer than five minutes. And I'm looking at the mom and I literally said the words like a newbie parent was, how do you get her to wear that? And she kind of giggled because this was not her first rodeo. This was like her second child. And she's like, oh, no, no. Like, I don't do anything. This child wakes up. She lives and breathes princess life. 
And I laughed. And then it hit my daughter and she wore a princess dress for like, we were at pictures in Thailand and she's dressed like Tinkerbell. And then my son wore a skeleton outfit. Like you said, two years old. I think for two years, Jack is wearing a skeleton onesie, like a Halloween costume. There's no like, there's no me demanding he wear this costume every day. And whether the costume was a skeleton or an on a dress, like you're saying, as parents, we celebrate these children. We love them. Right. Not, you don't want to be this roadblock uh, of trauma that's like, you can't be who you want to be, right? My gosh. And Could you imagine like clipping, that's clipping their wings. I can't yes. imagine Brody being born to anyone else. Other than- <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I'm like, you guys are twins. Like, you may have some blonde in your hair, but that child, I look at his face. I'm I like, know. And I love, I love watching the videos of him because he is a little force, but it's almost like you're just, I'm just here. Like I'm Brody's support team. Yeah, like, I'm you his don't plus know. one. I'm his plus one. I mean, yesterday, you know, he had a car sent for him. We went yeah. to, L- I swear, we go to LA. Yes. He, I'm, I, it's out of control. It is. It's- okay. We need to like pause because for people who maybe have not been introduced to Brody, like this young man has had a lot of experiences. He is dancing with like professionals. Yeah. Yes. He goes to movie premieres. I think he was interviewing someone like Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yes. Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson. He interviews all of them. It's wild. Does he and ever this- get nervous or is he just No, like- no. He doesn't know. He's in kindergarten. Okay. You know what he I mean? doesn't know. Yeah. Would you remember? I don't even remember kindergarten. So he doesn't at all. He wants to be on stage, you know, so that's why I committed myself to his dance team, which is like out of control insanity for me. The dance team is the hardest thing out of everything we do. And what is it that makes it hard? The distance. It's really far from my house. It's like 30 mm-hmm. minutes away and I have to go and I can't come back home. So I had to set up my life by his dance school and join a gym there. And I work in my car and because I can't leave him because he's in kindergarten. I can't come back home. Right. And then probably for several more years, I can't come back home. So it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's hard. So I go there and I'm stuck there for many hours. Like we'll go today four to seven and I have to make sure I have another, I have to hire people to be me back here. So it's insane. And there's yeah, a lot of, a lot of separation and a lot of, you know, I have other kids, so it's hard on me. That's the thing, right? Mom can only be in one place at a time. Yeah. And when there's four. And they're all doing amazing things. Like you said, lacrosse, there's games, dancing, there's shows, football, there's games. Like there's things to do and places to be. And one thing that strikes me is you and your husband just like, first of all, excuse me with your beautiful husband and your Instagram posts. You kill me, you too. <laughs> your love Poor story. Guy. I'm wonderful. always like posting him like with his shirt off. <laughs> I mean, he works hard. You may as well. Unless it's all natural. Sharing is know. caring, Amanda. Sharing is caring. Okay. If your guy looks like he's Photoshopped, you know, I got to share that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you really do seem to have a lot of fun and as a family, you do fun adventures. And even when it's hashtag sponsored or whatever, like you really find a way. And I have to commend you for this because I don't see this in everything, but like you find a way to showcase the fun without looking like it's interfering with the fun. Oh, 
Like, Thank you. I'm going to take that. That's really yeah. sweet. That's really important, I think, as a parent. Like, I have a tween, and sometimes yeah. it's like, Ma, put away the camera. We just want to go tobogganing, or we just want to go right. skating. And I'm like, yeah, of course, and you do. Um, right. But to be able to find a way to balance that is tricky. So you seem to really... I mean, yeah, I no, it's you always hard. have it figured out. My, but- older, my, my older ones, they don't want to be, you know, in my TikTok. I just found the best TikTok to do with my four kids, and I already got two replies. Hell no. If you think I'm doing this, I'm not coming home. See, <laughs> and so the older one, the older ones are like not happening, mom. That's why you never see them in my TikTok. They won't do it. I can't no. force them. No. They're like t- little teenagers. So they have their own TikTok that they want to do with their peers. So if I can get them in a TikTok, it's very rare, like once every two months. Okay. Brody, okay. forget it. It's, he's like, you know, he's, he's like, mom, I'm the star. Um, tell yeah. me. So they, you know, you're saying, yeah, they're, they're flexing their independence. They don't always want to be part of it. What do they feel about your presence online and like the phenomenon that is your TikTok and all of this? Right, right. So I, um, I mean, it's, it's been interesting. There has been a lot of campaigns, you know, there's certain campaigns I turned down because my, it'll embarrass my kid. I mean, then I did a couple that will still embarrass my kid, but cause they, they, I don't know. They were organic to me and my audience. Like, you know, if you laugh and pee a little, you know, that's like organic and things that happen. So too bad kids, you know, this is reality. This is growing older and this is mom. So, but as far as my presence, um, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm just a mom, which is interesting to me. I, I'm just a mom, but, but there, you're right. We do have a lot of people now. So you do talk about a lot of things on platforms and, you know, obviously family is very important to you and you had a bit of a tragic thing Mm -hmm. that took place in your life. So you had a brother, Scott, and he experienced an accidental overdose and Mm -hmm. the circumstances around it, I think are tricky for a lot of people to maybe hear, think about, however, are so important to talk about. And you took this very private situation, was able to share it in a way that was, you know, helping others. Can you tell me a little bit about the situation? Yeah. Um, I never was, I would say, embarrassed to have to share tragedy because no one is unscathed from bad things. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, where you come from, who you're born to, tragedy can happen to anyone at any time. All we're given in this world is our time. And you just hope that you use it correctly and to help other people. Uh, For me, my baby brother was everything to me. I was very, very almost like an older sister, but I almost looked at him as my own kid. So I took it as almost not even just losing a brother. It felt like I lost a child. So it was, it still is very difficult. I, it's really hard on me. It's like one of the things that I struggle with processing. So I, um, I mean, for me, my, the only way I've gotten through it is, is honestly joining a gym and lifting weights. And that's like something that's really helped my mental psyche. You have to find what works for you. I tried every therapy under the sun, but what happened to my brother, um, can happen to anyone. He used a drug. Um, it was a pill. It was a pill. And, um, I, you know, the story goes where he got into a fight with his girlfriend, used a pill and it was laced with fentanyl and 
he didn't mean to die. And that's what I struggle with the most is that, you know, I don't, any type of death is, is difficult, whether it's a tragic accident or, you know, whatever it is, or the person has a disease, it's always hard. And for me, it was the hardest thing is that he just didn't mean to die and it, and it shouldn't have happened. So it, it, it bothers me. It still bothers me, but he was only 33 and, you know, and, and I just feel like he had so much more life to go and he didn't get a chance to, you know, be a dad or be a husband or any of that. And it, it just sucked, but I had to, I had to deal with the whole thing as our family's on the East coast and being on the West coast, my brother uh, lived about an hour North from me in uh, Hermosa beach over there. He lived in Huntington, worked in Hermosa. And I just had a, I'm the one that had to go to the room, you know, and clear out the room. And I had to do the, the, everything, the wake, the everything. So I was like, I'm almost like the mom. Like, so it was me who had to do it all. And it was, it still is very difficult. It's shocking that it's three years already. It's, it is, it's, it's been three years since he passed and it feels like it was yesterday. And, um, you know, I'm going to be honest here. It, you can't ignore this because you just can't ignore this because the deaths are over COVID. Like it surpassed it. The Surgeon General announced that the accidental overdose rate is surpassed COVID death rates. So it is a problem, a huge problem mm-hmm. in this in in my country. I don't know the you know, the stats on yours and how, if you guys are dealing with a lot of fentanyl, I have no idea. Did you hear about that in your? Oh yeah. In uh, fact, I actually, so, you know, Narcon, which you can have at home, right? So I actually worked with Naloxone, which is a Canadian brand and in Canada. And I I did a whole video about this and talking about, you know, you mentioned talking about sponsorship deals that maybe your kids are like, pardon, but I'm like, listen, I'm in my mid to late thirties year. Like you said, a couple things that jump out at me. It's like, he didn't mean to die. And he took yeah. a substance, which is, there's no shame in this. People drink alcohol every day. And it's like yeah. some, you know, we, we've accepted that substance, but other things we seem to have less understanding about. But um, whether it's for recreational use or you've taken, you know, been prescribed something like an right. opioid and then become addicted to it post-surgery, all of these things can happen and overdose is a problem. And and with naloxone in Canada, you can go to the local pharmacies and get it for free and have it in your home so that if someone something were to happen like this accidental overdose, you have the things available to you to help people. Yeah. Um, because it's you know, these the numbers are are real, right? The numbers yeah. are real, which then leads you to believe that there is a bigger problem here whether we want to talk about it or not. Like there is a crisis happening with this. And yeah, it's hard. The amount of families that are affected by this, I read all the time. It's it makes me sick. It makes me so sick. But um, naloxone, Narcan, Narcan, how do you say Narcan, it? Narcan. That's it. Yeah. yeah, Narcan is an absolute must. If you have a, a person in your life that you love and is you know using recreational drugs, you have to have that in your car, in your house, they have to have it. I a hundred percent agree with that. You know, I didn't even know what that was until I lost my brother. So that's sad to me. So if we can just like, you know, share that 
with everyone, then maybe even if one person has Narcan on site, then he, that person can be saved if, the, if an overdose were to happen. And with fentanyl going into street drugs the way it is, it's out of control. I mean, all it takes is like a grain of sand. And what happened to my brother is it, you take the drug and it stops you from breathing. So it, that's, that's, it stopped him from breathing and then all the organs shut down and you die. And it's so sad that, and he, you know, he had roommates that were accountants and teachers. I mean, he lived with, you know, responsible people, but they didn't know he was in his room by himself. Three days later, they realized. So, oh my gosh, I didn't know yeah, that. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's very tragic and traumatizing. It's like trauma for me to know that very traumatizing. So, you know, you just gotta, even if you're young, you know, you got to just talk about it. Everyone's got to talk about it because the chances are, you know, someone's going to try drugs, you know, like even if you're at a party and you're young and they're going to say, Hey, you want this? You got to know that there's a risk involved in that and that it could be laced with fentanyl. Now it's, it's, it's different than it was when I was a kid. Like absolutely fentanyl's in everything. It's even in, it's in cocaine. It's in marijuana. It's out of control. You know, and I'm so glad that you continue to share this message in the story because there is so much shame and stigma surrounding drug use. And we, we have this image in our mind of what we think someone looks like or what their life is like if they were to use drugs. And when someone like yourself who you know, yeah. from an outside person looking in, I mean, you have this beautiful family, this successful life, this hustle, like you've worked hard, you've built this beautiful, you know, world around you. But then she also had someone in her family experience this. Like, wow, that could happen to Danielle. I mean, not to say that that's what people are thinking, right. but it gives you permission to be right. like, oh, maybe that family member of mine who's like yeah. a fully functioning opioid addict has major red flags that I should jump in there. You know, like, like you said, no one leads a tarnish free life. Like we have experiences and this is the power of storytelling. And I love that you don't shy away from that because you, I, I truly believe this, that like you can share this fun TikTok, you know, dancing and and outfits and all these wonderful things and also share real life things that are not just entertaining, but like educational. And it's wonderful to see you just wear so many hats and share so many beautiful messages. You know, we, we love what you do online as your audience. And it's so fun to see you share in that way. So where are you sharing? I did not know you were still producing three blog posts a week. So where, where can people oh, okay. find you these so we days? have, um, okay. I, I feel really bad about it. One of my favorite platforms is, was my podcast because I love to talk mm-hmm. and I love to shoot the shit and interview interesting people. One of my favorite podcasts is interviewing Nikki Six from Motley Crue too. You know, I interviewed him for like an hour about about drug use and how he died and then came back to life. And but um, I I haven't podcast in a long time. I haven't done it in a while because I'm so I can't do them all. I can't do mm-hmm. all the platforms. So I kind of let that one fade away for now. Not saying I'm not going to do it again. Um, but TikTok for sure. Uh, we're under City Girl Gone Mom. We were under Boss Baby Brody um, and then TikTok called me up and they shut down Boss Baby Brody's TikTok is what happened. Yes. So people always want to know why am I on the TikTok? And it's because TikTok called me and they said, you know, he can't have his own TikTok. It's you're not allowed 
to do that because he's underage. You got to be 13 years old. So I'm so sorry. We have to take it down. He's allowed to be on City Girl Gone Mom as long as it's a parenting TikTok. So here Interesting. I am. Yeah. They took it down. He had like 20,000 followers in the first day. And they, <laughs> they, t- they wouldn't even let me change the name. They just delete it. Damn. So I lose all the followers. Yes. And had to start over. So I had to start over and I had to be in it. And I was so pissed because then, you know, all of 2020, I didn't, um, we didn't grow during that time. You know, this, the following I have is from the last like nine months. So we just went viral last year. Yeah. Not 2020, 2021, we went viral. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. It's really wild. But, um, so we're, we're pretty much on there. Then Brody has Boss Baby Brody, his Instagram. And then I have mine, City Girl Gone Mom. And then we have the Facebooks, Boss Baby Brody Facebook, the City Girl Gone Mom Facebook, and then uh, the Twitters, the two Twitters. And that's pretty much it. YouTube, I mean, he's on Cameo. He's always doing shout outs for people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he, yeah, he's, that, he's working. But we donate to charity 50% of his... Um, is of his income goes to five different charities. So amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to teach him now that he's helping. Cause a lot of people hire Brody for they're depressed and they want to do a cameo with him. And he's always like, you're gorgeous and fancy. And he's like doing a dance and it makes them happy. So I tell him that you're making someone that's so sad, happy. And then part of your money is feeding kids that don't have any money. Thank you for being part of the show today. Of I love chatting with you. So fun. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. I received a bunch of incredible favorites this week from you guys over on Instagram. So if you're not following me there, you should at Amanda Muse, where I often prompt you to share with me some things you think I might enjoy and that we all might like to learn about. And this week's favorite comes from AKNILO85, and they suggested Wordle. Have you heard the hype about Wordle? I had, and then I didn't quite understand. I thought it was an app, wasn't quite, you know, making sense to me. And I discovered it's not an app. It's actually just on the internet, like pull up a browser. I use Safari, whatever you use, search Wordle. W-O-R-D-L-E, and you're going to come across a game. And this game is like sweeping the internet. And I must admit that there's something quite magical that we're all trying our best to not spoil it for each other, because here's the game. You have a five-letter word that you need to guess. And I'm pretty sure you get, is it six? Six, uh, let me see here. Yes, you have six tries to guess the wordle. And I find like there is a bit of a, you know, a method to the madness. You try to pick a word that's got, you know, let's say different letters in it so that, you know, you're, you're trying your best to get as many of the, those popular letters guessed. And it's, it's a word game, right? So you're trying to find this five letter word and the faster you can find it, the better, obviously. So I've played it for a few times now. It's really addictive. And here's the kicker. You can only play one time in a 24 hour period. So This is where this element of us not sharing it or not sharing the response or not sharing the answer and not ruining it for people is kind of magical. Like, doesn't it restore your faith in humanity a little bit? How awesome are people? So it's been really fun and it tracks your success and then gives you like a bit of a success rate. Like if you're guessing on the third try a lot of the time or whatever, I guess that on the second try one time, that made my whole damn day. Are you kidding me right now? 
incredible. So yes, love this. I highly support this recommendation. So be sure to leave me some of your favorite things. Head over to Instagram at Amanda Muse, M-U-S-E, and let me know what you're loving these days and you could be featured in an upcoming episode. I am almost giddy with excitement to share with you some of my favorite things because in the last seven days, I have tried an activity that I am now saying was on my bucket list, even though I didn't know it was going to be a bucket list item. If you've been following me on Instagram, then you know I just got back from the Ottawa area. Um, My mom, my brother, and my sister all live in that area. And so I spent some time with my sister, and it was my mom's birthday, and it was just so many fun things. But here's where stuff gets exciting. So we went skating through a forest. Oh my gosh, so much fun. So I feel like I've had this theme, right? I, ta- I told you last week about skates that I got for myself. P.S. Love the skates. They're incredible. Oh, 10 out of 10 recommend. I mean, I love them before, but I just like obsessed now that I've used them a bunch of times. So those are awesome. My feet don't get cold. I feel fully supported. It's incredible. So my sister lives outside of Ottawa, a little bit more rural, and there's this place called Countryside Adventures. And essentially freaking genius business idea, by the way. But essentially, this, you know, this business is you show up and there's a couple of different options. There's tubing, there's skating, there's snowshoeing. You can just walk around all of these beautiful trails. It's really, really nice. But the skating, oh, I was pumped. So the skating is a three kilometer trail through the forest. And it is by no means like a simple trail. Like they have a Zamboni, It is beautifully, uh, it's beautiful ice. In fact, it was almost kind of slippery, honestly. So, oh, it's so good. So here's, I'm trying to set up the visuals here. So when you show up, you kind of enter immediately onto this big, uh, you know, this big skating rink area and there's benches all along the side. And so, you know, you're putting on your skates and you just leave your stuff outside your boots. You know, it's just like, you can leave your stuff. No one's going to steal your boots. That's not how we roll here in small town Canada. So, you know, you you leave all your stuff. And then there's these small skating aids for children and skating aids for adults, because let's not kid ourselves. We're not all going to be great at all of the activities. And so what I love about that is it creates a bit more accessibility. You don't have to be this incredible skater to be able to do this trail. Like you can have a little help. And then they have uh, picnic tables and there's fire pits and there's like, you know, these, these big uh, containers of chopped wood so you can just grab a log and throw it on the fire and have a nice hot chocolate with a beaver tail sitting by the fire because there's food trucks like you'd think I was being sponsored to tell you about this but this was just incredible and actually it's so close to my sister's house that I was telling her dude you should get a season pass there for next year and then you can just enjoy this whenever there's night skating and the trail is just lit up with beautiful twinkle lights and it was just magical I absolutely loved it my kids enjoyed it. They got a little tired because again, it's like a three kilometer trail and that's quite a lot for kids. You know, when you're not just like skating in circles, when you're actually kind of having to follow a path and make your way back. So they did it one time. And then I went with my soon to be brother-in-law and his cousin, and we just went as fast as we could through this trail. My legs were killing me. Like, you know, young men, they're like, little boys, honest to God, sometimes. And they were just chasing each other. And 
one of them fell down a few times. It was it was hilarious. And so I had so much fun. And it was just one of these experiences that I just couldn't stop smiling. Like I love being in the forest. I love walking in nature. Two of my favorite things combined, ice skating and a forest. I was in my happy place. Highly recommend. The next thing I have to tell you about is something that I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, but I can't take any credit for making. So as you know, my husband, Dean, or maybe you don't know, but my husband, Dean, loves to cook and he does fancy cooking. I'm real good with those simple meals. Like I can follow a recipe and make you a fancy meal, but it's not my passion. You know, I much prefer eating fancy meals. So we both love moussaka. Now, if you don't know what moussaka is, it's a traditional Greek eggplant casserole that's made with baked or pan fried eggplant and potatoes, like nicely thin cut potatoes. And then there's like the base, which is this rich tomatoey beef, uh, you know, like a ground beef or a beef mince. And it's topped with a deliciously creamy bechamel sauce. So freaking good. I grew up not really getting a lot of casseroles. I feel like casseroles sort of skipped my my mom's generation. Like it's not something that they really cooked. However, Dean comes from a long line of casserole loving people and I thoroughly enjoyed this meal. It is good fresh out of the oven. It is good reheated. It is so hearty and so good this time of year. I mean, if you've never tried a moussaka, perhaps try it at your favorite Greek restaurant. It's really tasty. And um, it was just like one of these things that... Definitely was a little labor intensive. Like Dean was saying, you know, it's quite a bit of work to make this dish, but oh, crowd pleaser, loved it. And last on my list for this week is a book. So I have been whipping through books these last few weeks. It's kind of surprising me because usually I take up reading, you know, after the chaos of Christmas winds down and we're on that break, I like to read a book or two. But this year I've just not put my book down. I do love to read off of my Kindle. I also enjoy audiobooks when I take road trips. So I'm listening to a book right now, but I'm also reading books. Anyhow, the book I want to recommend is Circe. Now, this book, I I delayed reading it. I saw the book in person and I'm like, damn, that is a big book. And it seemed really overwhelming. And I couldn't quite gather what it was about. Like, I don't know. I had this other idea about what it was. I was wrong. It's essentially this incredible novel, a fictional piece about a Greek god. Well, actually, she's a Greek goddess. And it's this story that spans over a thousand years that involves this particular goddess, Circe, and the story. And there's this element of historical fiction that's in there. So, you know, some truth about Greek mythology, but then mixed in with, you know, filling in the blanks basically about the story of this particular goddess. And actually, I love it so much that I'm on the hunt for more books, more novels with these Greek mythology themes because it was just... It's just such a fascinating type of story. So if this sounds like it might be in your wheelhouse of interest, I highly recommend. And also when you're reading a book on a Kindle, like you can't quite tell how big the book is, you know, because it's paper thin, the thing you're holding. I just, I whipped through it. It took me definitely a week because it is a bigger book, but I really enjoyed it. So that's my recommendation for this week. 
Thank you so much for being part of this conversation this week. Danielle is an incredible creator. She's just such a mother with love and passion in her heart, but also a person who feels very strongly about certain topics and is truly unafraid to share her opinions, but also her story of heartbreak. And I just think that as difficult as it can be to listen to something like trauma and tragedy and the opioid crisis, it's just so important to stay you know, woke. That's really the word that came to mind is just to stay aware, to pay attention and to just be kind of honest with yourself that this is a reality for a lot of people. And there's so much shame and stigma. And the more that we know, the more we can dismantle that and the better we can help those who need our help. So thank you once again. And please tune in next week for a brand new episode. Last week, I had a wonderful conversation with Dara. and We spoke so in depth about bodies and how we feel about that. And as parents, and it was just a wonderful conversation. So be sure to tune in. And of course, next week, I'll have a brand new episode for you. And I'll catch you then. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.